Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's recap week 15 next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT and 5. I'm Chris Towers here with Adam Azer. And I did one of those things where I was like, is it week 15? As I said it, it is week 15. It right, is. Adam? Yeah, it is. Week 15. We got two weeks left of the fantasy football season. Adam, how are your uh, playoff matchups going? I have not had the guts to look, Chris. Uh, I'm oh, advancing. You're stronger to- man than me because I looked at like 115. <laughs> I I uh, I advance. I, I think I'm going to advance in the Scott Fish Bowl, and I think I've got two like really really close matchups. So I I'll let you know on Tuesday. Yeah, I, uh, it looks like I'm going to advance in four out of six. Dan Schneier's okay. team went crazy in the magazine league, so I'm not going to advance in that one. Oh, that's, that's, but pr- that's feeling that. pretty good so far. <laughs> feeling pretty good, and feeling not terrible about Week 15 because not many injuries to worry about. We had a lot of guys leave game. And this is the kind of thing where we saw with Jamar Chase earlier in the season. Guys can leave game, come back, and end up being serious. And so we do have, you know, Ryan Tannehill, Zahneman Knight, Travis Etienne, Austin Eckler, Justin Jefferson, all left games briefly. I think Derrick Henry might have as well and then came back. But the only guy that we're looking at right now who's a serious fantasy starter is Jonathan Taylor, who played two snaps on Saturday, suffered an ankle injury. It's the same ankle that he's been dealing with for most of the season. Uh, Adam Schefter had a report. That it was, you know, nothing serious, but that they don't know if he's going to play again this season just because they're four nine and one recurring injury. Zach Moss played uh, fifty three of the seventy seven snaps. He dominated work, twenty four carries. He even played more pass downs uh, than Deion Jackson. Ran more routes, so he's going to be the top waiver wire target for me in week sixteen. How about you, Adam? The only thing I want to look at here is um, is what happened after the fumble. Because mm-hmm. it was pretty even after the fumble, uh, and I thought it, probably more Jackson on um, on uh, the passing downs. So that's why I was leaning Deion Jackson. But uh, they ran about the same amount. Of, eh, I don't know. I have to look into it a little bit more. The routes were fourteen to nine in favor of Moss. I just yeah. Hold I just want to. I want to know the splits like in the first three quarters, basically. Mm-hmm. But we'll look into that. I, I guess Moss would be the easy, you know, the clear pickup here. Um, I don't think he's all that good, which is why I was hoping that Jackson would be the one to emerge. I would have been wrong. Yeah, we've seen Jackson be very good in this offense. Very good, very good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I would have been fairly excited about that, to be quite honest with you. But right now, I think it's got to be Zach Moss. All right, let's talk about some winners and losers from Week 15. Who do you got for winners? Well, Kirk Cousins doesn't really get uh, enough credit in fantasy, I think. You know, he's, he's very matchup dependent. And mm-hmm. this matchup against the Colts was pretty neutral based on what they had been so far this year. But Kenny Moore, their best cornerback, was out. So maybe it was a little bit of an advantage. And then the game script, of course, helped. And he ends up with a 40-point game. I have a lot of confidence in him against the Giants and the Packers as of right now, as we speak right now, going forward. So he's a winner for me. Zay Jones is a winner because he's really yeah. not second fiddle to Christian Kirk anymore. Over the last four weeks, I'm almost positive he has more targets. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he could easily have a better game than Christian Kirk. I think Kirk has a better matchup in week 
16 against the Jets because he'll play in the slot a little bit more. But Zay Jones is a, is a winner and he gets a lot of end zone targets and he's, you know, he's worth looking at. And Jarek McKinnon's obviously a winner. And, you know, I was trying to think, Chris, what has changed for Jarek McKinnon? Am I, can I buy into this finally? And it did hit me that his role increased when Miko Hardman and CEH both went on IR. Mm-hmm. Hardman will be back probably next week, but I don't think they're going to change much. You know, I, I think he's done enough McKinnon to earn a bigger role. He's not going to be this good, but at least he's not going to be someone that I'm just saying, no, don't trust him anymore. At least he's now entering that RB2 discussion. Yeah, I think that's all fair. You know, the the big plays the last couple of weeks have been what you can't rely on every week. Like he's been breaking, you know, 20 plus yard touchdowns. He's not going to do that every week, but the the passing him role has been really nice. It's what you want to see from him. And, you know, Isaiah Pacheco has been good, but he hasn't been so good that it makes it seem like they're going to give him 25 touches or anything. So I think it's still going to be a, a split there. Jarek McKinnon, definitely a winner for me. I'll also throw out one Ramondre Stevenson just came into the game questionable. Weren't sure if he was going to play. Looked amazing again. He really looks like one of the five or so best running backs in fantasy. He's going to be a fascinating player to judge for the 2023 season. I can't wait to have those discussions in the off season. And let's talk about a couple of losers before we go from week 15. I got a couple of tight ends, Dalton Schultz and Cole Komet. I think Schultz, you just start because you know, his upside and you know, another tight end caught a touchdown today. That's usually Dalton yeah. Schultz. Noah Brown caught a touchdown when Dalton Schultz was wide open. So he could have gotten you that, but Komet, you got to have a little bit of hesitation, even with them having zero options. It's just, they just barely throw the ball. They don't throw it prolifically. So Komet's a, a loser for me and Gabe Davis. I'm more or less done with, I, I just do not want to start. I do not want to trust Gabe Davis. Yeah. I, I think those are all, uh, those are all pretty fair. I'll, I'll throw out Rashad White, who was very much in a split with Leonard Fournette. We weren't sure if that was going to be the case after last season or last week. And just kind of running backs who don't catch the ball. I think this kind of, I mean, that's, you know, not nothing new here, but like Isaiah Pacheco, who was, you know, everyone had him in their lineups this week. He had a pretty good game. He ran the ball well, but it just wasn't a great fantasy game because he doesn't catch the ball. Travis Etienne, 100 yards, not a great fantasy game. It's just one of those reminders that, Catching passes is really, really important for running backs, especially obviously in your half PPR and PPR leagues. And it makes it hard for those guys like Isaiah Pacheco. Even Nick Chubb had a very good game, but not a great fantasy game. It's just it's hard for those kind of guys to put together big games unless they find the end zone. So that's uh, just a little you know, macro lesson for you, I guess. And that's going to do it for FFT and five. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more of the top waiver wire targets for week 16. We'll see you then.